Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. So a few weeks ago, I went to a birthday party, and allow me to set the scene for you. It was on a remote beach here in Hong Kong. It was absolutely like Pinterest worthy. There were low picnic tables. There were blankets. There were like faux candles, obviously. So there's on the beach on a thing to set on fire. There were napkins. There was like a cocktail and wine bar. Like it was an absolutely stunning place for my friend to throw up her birthday party. And in this age of COVID and maybe just the stage of life that I'm in, I don't find myself going to a lot of um, non-Christian gatherings. You know, as Christians, of course, we don't want to live in a bubble and like purposely isolate ourselves as much as we are to have community and fellowship. God also wants us to be lights in this world. And that's only possible if we live light with all different kinds of people, hopefully showcasing um, his love and light wherever we go. And so I went to the birthday party of a friend who I know through food writing. We actually met on Instagram, oh, I think five years ago, I commented on one of her hiking photos or something. And then she was like, oh, you're Canadian too. And then we got a drink and then became fast friends. So we were at this birthday party and she works in finance. Some of her finance friends were there and some of her other friends from the food media scene were there. And we're all just on the beach enjoying it, having a great time. And then a couple hours later, we're all, you know, fed. We all were just enjoying the evening. And then we start going around tables. And then we, uh, you know, it was freezing cold. And so I sort of had taken one of the blankets and sort of like wrapped it around my head. It was so, uh, it was just so chilly with the, with the breeze. And I went over to a table and I think I was sitting right in front of a candle. So sort of like my face was all lit up. And then someone had made a comment like, like oh, you look just like Mary. <laughs> And I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, oh, yes, I had made like a prayer gesture. And I think to me, it was just like, I think I did say like a true second prayer, just like, like, thanks. I'm like really thankful to be at this party. Um, But I don't think the majority of people actually knew that I was a Christian. On the way to dinner, I'd actually had a conversation with two other people at the dinner because my friend had said like, oh, you guys actually go to the same church. And so we'd had a conversation, which the wider group, they didn't know. And so I think me doing that prayer gesture and having the blanket around my head, it was sort of a way for um, one of the people there to like start a conversation about her upcoming birthday party. And she had said like, oh, like it's my Jesus year. And part of me started to get like a bit excited, like, oh, Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus. And maybe a few weeks prior to that, a friend of mine um, from London, she she sent me a voice memo and she was talking about like, oh, you know, this year is my Jesus year, which essentially means like she's turning 33, the, uh, the age that many scholars believe that Jesus was um, crucified. And so she was seeing it very much as like a, 
like resurrect me, God. Whatever is dead that you want to bring to life, like resurrect me. So seeing it 33 is like the year that Jesus was, you know, arrested by, crucified, died, was buried, and then rose again and is now alive. But this, uh, this girl at the party wasn't talking about her Jesus year in that sense. I don't even think she said Jesus year. I think she just said like her Jesus party or something. But essentially it was a dress up party. And I think people had made a comment like, oh, like they're, they're all planning to like dress up. And it might be like really offensive to be walking through the streets of central Hong Kong wearing this wearing this like crucifixion costume and, uh, and other related things as they go to this restaurant and sort of saying like, oh, like it might be really offensive, but like, oh, but I love it. And as a, you know, Jesus loving Christian, you think that maybe I would have said something, but I think I was honestly just stunned. And I don't know if this is like God's great spread me you know, not putting my foot in my mouth or whether it was like human fear, whatever it was, I didn't say anything. And I think 24 hours later, when I was back home alone, I started to get really like upset and offended and embarrassed and ashamed. Like, why did I make that prayer gesture? And like, someone took a photo of me making that prayer gesture and like all of these people talking about how, and I don't think anyone was really saying that like, oh, it's offensive, but it's okay. I think we were all just responding neutrally, if, if that makes sense. But you know, when you get that tug in your spirit, it's not a tug that's like, feel ashamed feel condemned, but it's just like something is not right. And I really need to pray about it and bring it to God. And so while I was going through the whole process of like anger, shame, not wanting to feel angry or shame, and then getting distracted by like, oh, it's like a new work week. I'm really busy anyway, but I know I need to pray. I think a couple of days later, I was on a run and you know, as it is for a lot of runners, you're like pounding the pavement. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, I know I need to pray about this. What do you want me to know? Like, will you please show me what it is that you want me to know? And I felt him remind me of Peter's denial. So I'm just going to read a little bit from Luke 22, where Peter says to him, Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. And a couple of verses later, they are seizing Jesus, leading him away, bringing him to the high priest's house, and Peter's following at a distance. Then a servant girl sees him and says, this man was also with him, and he denies it. Woman, I do not know him. And then a little while later, someone else said, you're one of them. Peter said, I am not. And then another hour later, um, someone else said, like, this man also with him, he too is a Galilean. And Peter says, I do not know what you're talking about. And he remembers what Jesus said. And he goes out and he wept bitterly. And I didn't mean to laugh, you know, obviously not laughing at Peter, but laughing at the, like, sometimes we... 
as humans, we can have the best of intentions and we mean it. Like we love Jesus. We will go to the death for him. I'm reminded of that Cody Card song, Christ be magnified. Like I will bow to idols. I'll feel strong and worship you. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because I'm there too. You know, like we believe this, we sing it. And sometimes we get an opportunity and we, you know, we blow it. But what I think is so encouraging and merciful and like what God reminded me was that he doesn't abandon Peter to his sin, right? Like that is not why he came to earth to look for perfect humans, right? A couple, um, a couple, sorry, an entirely different book later in John. Um, we know that after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to the disciples a couple times, including in this uh, passage, John 21, 15 to 17, where the disciples are coming back from a fishing trip, and then Jesus is there preparing breakfast for them. And then it goes, you know, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. And then he asked Simon a second and a third time. And by the third time, Peter, you know, he was grieved because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. So even after Peter denies Jesus, Jesus forgives him and gives him more opportunities to showcase his love. Jesus knew that Peter loved him, that Peter made a mistake, but, you know, because of God's great mercy, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, because we love, because he first loved us, as it says in 1 John four nineteen, we can be reconciled to him. So as I was running, I felt God remind me to surrender my shame. He knew I was sorry. He knew I didn't you know, do anything on purpose. And even if I had, even when we do something wrong, we know we shouldn't, but we did it anyway, he still has love to pour out lessons to teach and opportunities to give. So have you ever been in a situation like this where you feel like you should have defended your faith, but you kept silent? Uh, and whether we have or we haven't, I think the opportunity will surely present itself again because it says in 2 Timothy 3.12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Peter 3.3 3, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. John 15. 18 also says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. So as I was, oh, sorry, just pondering all of this, thinking, okay, God, like, how should I react then before, during, after people make fun of you? And so here are some things that I am praying over that I hope will be useful for you too. One, I think, we always need to be ready to testify. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience 
so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. That's from 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. How blessed we are to have these verses, right? Like they're so clear. And then for being prepared to give an answer, I think of how entrepreneurs are often, you know, encouraged to have an elevator pitch. Like if you have 30 seconds in an elevator, that's all you have to pitch your idea and get someone interested. What are you going to say? And I actually, I really have to think hard about this because, you know, give me 2000 characters in an Instagram post, give me 20, 30 minutes on a podcast. There's a lot that I would love to say, but if I only have 30 seconds with someone who's not really interested in Jesus in the first place, like what would I say about what I believe? So I was praying about this and I felt the word power come to mind. Like my life honestly changed forever when I realized there's such power in doing what God said. Like his love is powerful to reveal and heal. His like spirit is powerful and it's in me. And whatever I do, whether it's with work, with family, with friends, with a stranger, like we can all get up every day greet God, worship God, invite God in, and like literally do life with God. Blank. God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, is with me, right? And, and when I realized that and started to obey, like I had never experienced that level of joy, of wisdom, of um, you know, anointing, you know, just, just not that we are more holy than someone else. When we say the word anointing, it's like God wants to use his children to bless another. And, and if we want more of his anointing, like we can ask, right? We can. And I think it's not a, like the closer we are to God, I think we realize that it's not about getting crowns for ourselves. It's not about followers it's not about money it's not about status like it's really about love because god hates um pride god hates greed and so if we want things that are not not of him he will correct us you know what i mean so it's like all god's perfect order and we only get the order when we see god first you know it's like his perfect perfect way so i I'm definitely still going to be praying, I think, about how I narrow down my words. <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't think we need to be so pedantic, right? Like we don't have to have the perfect words, the perfect 30-second elevator pitch, because it's about so much more, right? It's about the Holy Spirit working in people's lives, Jesus calling a mummy. Yeah, his children to him, like he may work through us, but it's not us that people respond to. And in Luke twelve eleven and 12, it reminds us, like when you were brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And of course, it's easier to rely on the Holy Spirit 
in moments like um, at the party, if we're already used to relying on the Holy Spirit daily. And so I think it's also such a good reminder if we pray as the conversation is happening, you know, we can pray for things like asking God to direct our thoughts, giving us wisdom, showing us how to respond, giving us ideas, just inviting him to lead and remembering that we're not alone. It's not our wisdom or words that will win souls, but God. And so I pray that we take the pressure off, um, you know, evangelizing, but we just enjoy doing and learning and loving on people with our great God. To forgive. And so, as I said, you know, a day after the party, I started to get angry. Like, why would they think it's okay to make fun of Jesus' crucifixion? Like, I highly doubt that they would have been okay with having a party, like making fun or making light of another person that was martyred. Like, why did they think it was okay to make fun of Jesus? Why do people think it's okay to make fun of Christians? You know, I think sometimes there can be that assumption. They're like, oh, Christians are supposed to love everybody and they'll just take it. Um, And so as I was being angry, I felt God remind me of the sons of thunder, James and John. So this is in, in Luke 9, 51 to 55. It talks about opposition from Samaritans. And the Bible teaches us, as the time drew near for him, Jesus, to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they don't, Jesus doesn't call them the sons of thunder in this, uh, in this, these verses, but he does elsewhere in the Bible. And he doesn't explain it, but some scholars think that it's because um, James and John were very fiery and hot tempered. You know, when, when someone disrespects Jesus, they want to call down fire from heaven and like burn them up. And Jesus certainly could have done that. But that wasn't his plan, right? His plan wasn't is to seek and save the lost. And so anger when people respect Jesus, I think is normal. But we're to leave revenge to God, trust that, you know, vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay in his way. Forgive those who have offended our Lord. You know, I don't think we should go about our days having angry bitter, self-righteous, vengeful thoughts every time we think about that situation or, or, or a person that has offended you, whether it's Jesus or us, we forgive and we leave it to God. And I think we also need to forgive ourselves, you know. Sometimes we can, I think, dwell on situations where we have made a mistake or said something wrong or didn't do something and sort of beat ourselves up a little bit, but to fully open up to God confess that sin, repent, and then trust that like God doesn't see it anymore. And so neither should we be dwelling. Like God has so much more for us. We don't need to be living in in remembrance of, of past sins, learning from them, of course, but not accepting those, those negative feelings. And then three, keep praying. Like, look, we know Jesus is alive. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he is coming back again and one day we will be with him forever 
And like that is such incredible news, as is the truth that we can live this life, this day with him. Like how incredible is it that we get to have him truly as our best friend. We can talk to him at any time. We get his advice on how to live. We can be carried by him when we're weak. We can walk on water with him in faith and like do, um, yeah, through, if Jesus wants to do miracles through us, then may we let it happen. And I could go on, but all this to say that like, this is the hope that we want to share. It's such good news. And as Christians, like we, we should always be praying that this great truth that has changed our lives we pray that more people know when people make fun of Jesus, when people say, you know, things that they think about Jesus that actually are not biblical. Like we pray that they do see the truth, that they do see the light, that it's not a set of rules, that it's not something that happened in history. It doesn't matter anymore, but it's like, it affects today. It affects what's going to happen tomorrow. It affects their eternity. And, and we pray that more people will see. And and let's said in an earlier verse, like we don't do it in a way that is like hateful and angry. Like it's good news. It's changed our life, our lives. And and yeah, so I think there's just always things to pray about. Like we maybe all have family members or extended family members or colleagues or people that we come across every day at our grocery store or at the bus stop, things like that. Like there's always more people that we can love on and we can pray for opportunities to have conversations. And again, I think something that I've learned more and more is, is it's not that pressure to evangelize. Like this year, I want to talk to 150 people and I pray that 150 people I can lead them to Christ like it's not like that it's just being Jesus's hands and feet demonstrating who he is and then I think praying for opportunities to just be able to share our story and maybe pray for people however we feel like God is leading us to do to pray to act and just praying Praying that we, uh, yeah, I pray that we just ask God for more of him in our lives, that we ask him to guide our prayers, reveal his heart for others, repent, seek forgiveness, and always remember that he loves every single one of his children, even if they don't love him back yet. And so the last point for trust God, like as incredible as the Bible is and all it has to teach us, like some things are still difficult to comprehend, at least for my human brain. Like God is love. God is righteous. God allows himself to be disrespected sometimes for a period, but he'll always have the last word. And we don't need to know why he's allowing this to happen, why he hasn't done this, you know, or that the way that we think he should. But from what we've experienced, haven't we all tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Psalm 34, 8. And so I pray that in all our situations, from party conversations to ongoing COVID conversations, that we are up each morning, remembering that his mercies are new every morning. 
and learn more and more what it means to truly walk with God every day. Because our God is good, our God is just, our God is fair, our God knows all. So when people make fun of Jesus, when they don't give him the glory and honor that we know he's due, I pray that we seek him wholeheartedly. We pray, we repent, we forgive, we testify. We trust know, God knows and sees all and has everything in his control. And this is the confidence we have. The confidence that one day, as it says in Philippians 2, 11, 10 and 11, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for listening to the URU podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.